Welcome to the Best Work Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Henley-Smith. The goal of this show is to uncover the personal stories of successful software engineers, founders, thinkers, and leaders who are all navigating their own working journey. Finding our best work is often this hidden journey, uncovered through an ongoing conversation with ourselves and the world around us. Every one of these episodes is packed full of timeless ideas you could apply to your own life. In this conversation, I speak to Yusuf Aris, the former director of data science at Instagram. Yusuf found himself at Instagram almost by accident after leaving Stanford. We talk through his journey upwards from data scientist to director and what led him to move on. We discuss compounding effects and how continual small positive changes result in a vast amount of change over time. We also speak about how to identify our internal motivators and what drives us to do our best work, whether it's how we grow up or what we can learn from other people who engage in the work we create. How have strengths defined your search for work? And by strengths, I mean your strengths. Yeah. Um, search is a, an interesting term. <laughs> uh, I think it's like you're constantly in search. Uh, like you're constantly trying to figure out what's like how to best spend your time. Um, to me, it's less of like, it, it's not as, as simple as like, hey, an objective function, this is what I'm good at, therefore I'm going to do this. It was a lot more about what are, like, if I wake up in the morning and I'm excited about what I do, like I ask myself, how do I do more of this? If I'm not excited about what I do, the question becomes, what do I need to change? And so every morning when I was, I was at Instagram, like up to three months ago, I left recently, but um, every morning when I wake up, if like, if I'm not excited at all, I start asking myself, well, what's going on and what do I need to change? It does not mean I need to change my job. It does not like, you know, there's changing the job is probably the most extreme thing you can do, uh, like kind of like changing completely the environment. But oftentimes there are actually like subtleties in like where you are, like, and this is sort of like trying to figure out what works best for you. And at some point you have to realize, is this compatible with what I want versus not like, as an example, like six months ago, nine months ago now, um, that's when I decided to leave Instagram because I realized like what I wanted to do next, what, what I was most excited about doing next was just not compatible. Um, I loved my job. I loved the people I worked with. Uh, been working with each of them for years. The team that I helped build like was the same for years. Um, but you decide, like you, you sort of have to come to a point where you decide what are the things you enjoy? What, where do you want to spend your time? And at that point you have to ask yourself like, well, am I in the right position right now to do it? Uh, and if the answer is no, that's when you start opening up. You start saying, oh, okay, you know what? Like this is no longer compatible. So where do I, where do I fit in so that it's compatible? And at that point, I'm happy to explain sort of like how I went about the search itself. Uh, 
but it starts from the meaning. Like, what are you excited about? What are you finding yourself enjoying? Which for me was problem solving and like higher level kind of like zero to one, trying to figure out a problem and making the world a little more fair. Uh, so yeah, I think it starts from the internal engine basically. And then you start kind of like building up outside. Implicit in what you're saying there is a strength doesn't have to be something that doesn't necessarily have to be something that you're good at. No, it doesn't. I mean, to be honest, when I started in data science at Facebook, I didn't know what data science was. I was, I was there by mistake. Uh, and yet I think I had a reasonably successful career in data science at Facebook. And that's because I, like, I found myself randomly enjoying it. And if you enjoy something, you'll spend a ton of time on it. Um, and if you, do, if you do enjoy spending a lot of time on it, you know what, when you go to sleep, you're going to be thinking about it. And if you're thinking about it while you sleep, you're just going to keep getting better at it. Sooner or later, like, you will converge to a point where you're excellent at it. And that's dedication. And dedication comes first from that kind of internal motivation, like finding what you really enjoy. Um, you know, the myth that um, I find I found, found myself debunking during my management career at Instagram was people are either good at something or they're not. I fundamentally think that's wrong. Uh, I think people become very good at whatever they enjoy because they will be spending the time. It's like, you know, maybe you're not good at running. Go run three times a week for a month and you'll see how good you become at running. Yeah, it's like the same as um, starting a company. It's like you kind of look at founders and work backwards and think, oh, you're, you were a founder before you started that company. It's like, no, you're the, the founder, you were born a founder by founding that company. And it was in the furnace that you became that, that thing. Yeah, you know, it's, and this, this has roots in mathematics, right? Like one thing that's very, very hard to see that it's, it's very hard to understand compound effects. And that's true, like as humans, we think very linearly. Like, so for us, like if you improve 1% every day, like the end result after a year is actually like quite exponentially higher. Uh, but in general, as humans, we actually like don't see that as much. And so like we tend to think of things as linear. And so in reality, there is a very, a lot of the returns in life are defined by compounding variables. Um, and so keep getting, like if someone keeps on getting better because they're enjoying what they do, a year later, there's a good chance they become some of the best people in their field. Is there a way that we can more, be more aware of those compounding effects day to day? Because it's so hard to grasp them and, and recognize their growth from one minute to the next? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, if you look at an exponential curve in, uh, in very, like, very closely, it looks linear. It's only when you zoom out that it looks exponential. Mm -hmm. I, I like mathematical sort of like uh, analogies because I think actually they speak a lot to how we look at the world. Um, and so in reality, I think, I think that's where good management comes into play too. Like management is... I found that I, I, I am very biased because I had an incredible manager from day one at Instagram and like I didn't realize how good of a manager she was until like I started seeing my friends who work at different companies. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It seems like your manager is not doing a proper job. Uh, but in reality, like a, a lot of it is the role of the manager to actually be able to, it's the role, it's the role of the manager to be able to actually give clear feedback, whether that's positive or that's negative on specific checkpoints of like, hey, you get a lot better at this. 
Um, and I think like people don't do enough of that because as a society, we're so much more tuned to give feedback when things aren't going well. Like we're like, okay, you could have done that better. And of course it's coming from a good place. Um, but in reality, like, you know, as a single person, it is very hard for you to realize like, oh, wow, I got so much better at presenting. I got so much better at explaining ideas. I got so much better at diving deeper, which are all like incredible qualities you develop in a job. Um, but you sort of need that external view to tell you like, hey, three months ago, this is where you were. Today, here's where you are. So like having those checkpoints, having the right guidance around someone who can observe in a somewhat objective way, uh, to me, it remains as like the most powerful weapon you can have in, in your career because it helps you kind of like realize where you're making progress and where you're not. Like, let's be honest, sometimes it's just harder to make progress in some areas than others. Mm. And then part, is, part of the difficulty is, is that if you don't get those checkpoints, it's just a lack of information. It's not someone saying to you, no, this isn't working. So it's not like you've got this thing staring in you in the face. It's like, oh, it's not working. It's not going in the right direction. You just kind of have this silence, which then makes you question, well, am I headed in the right direction or not here? Correct. And, and you know, like a lot of it is confidence too. Like, I mean, there are, for better or worse, like a lot of human, a lot of skill sets, like are actually very dependent on, on confidence. And the way to build confidence oftentimes is to actually like start seeing the successes little by little. Um, if, for example, like, you know, for example, like I can, I can give you an example about myself. Like I spent my life thinking I couldn't play tennis well. I grew up, my little brother, who I'm thinking he's going to talk to soon, is, was a national champion. And I would play with him and it would be a disaster. And, like, <laughs> and I was a kid, right? Like I didn't realize that... Um, well, he's so good because he spent hours playing. And so all my, like, all my childhood, I would like, play a little bit with him. I realized how bad I am. And I'm like, oh, no, no, this is just not my thing. Recently, I started playing. And now, like, okay, well, it takes time. It takes effort. But you learn. And like, slowly, I'm, I don't think I'm great. Like, I don't think I'm that good either. But like, not yet, at least. But I think I'm learning. And I think that's like, it took me, you know, I came to that realization at 28. That, you know, it's not because I'm not good at it from day one that I will never be good at it. So it takes time to actually realize those things. And like, to your point, the feedback is the most important piece. And like, now I'm actually surrounding myself with really good friends who are really good in tennis. And like, they basically teach me and give me feedback all the time. Um, so it's how do you create that confidence? How do you create like those small wins, that positive feedback loop of like, oh, yeah, you got really better at this. Here's where you can get a bit further. Like, in general, like finding those surrounding yourself with people who can give you that feedback, who can actually like really coming from a place from growth, of growth, like help you grow and help you realize when you're growing, I think is one of the actually most important um, steps one can take in their career, in their lives in general. In some ways, I think you answered a question that popped up in my head where I was imagining that exponential graph and us zooming in on a part of it and seeing that it didn't look like there was actually that much change in a given moment. And the hard bit there is that you don't know the difference between things going very badly and things going very well. Because when you're zoomed in so close, it's it's very it's like, how do you tell the difference? And when you said the word checkpoint, I was like, okay, yeah, I understand that. That would make sense. Like, I'm not going to see the the destination of this until I look back on it with hindsight. But if I have some checkpoints, it will help me. Yeah. 
I think that's like, that's the, if I had one recommendation for people looking for a job is like, well, that's what you should expect from a manager or a mentor. That's the single most important thing you should expect from someone who's here to help your career. Because everything else, like defining a career plan, that changes. Finding you a good job, a good roles, like over time you should figure out your own roles. Like all of those things can help in the near term. But the single most important thing is like, does this person have my back? Does, does this person really care about my growth? And if they do, checkpoints are the way to go. So how did you end up being the first data scientist on the business team at Instagram by complete accident? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, so, okay, I, I can give you like the full story. Um, so I was, I was in grad school at Stanford. Um, I was primarily studying machine learning, uh, like primarily natural language processing, computer vision. And you know, at some point you're like, well, if I want to stick around, I'll have to find a job. And at that point, like the first thing that comes to your mind, and this is something actually Americans don't realize it's like, or even internet, like people who are local to where they were, where they study and work, don't realize that one of the first thing that pops in your head when you look for a job is who's going to sponsor my visa? <laughs> who are the companies that Small are... Small detail. Well, I mean, exactly, right? Like, I mean, for a lot of people, <laughs> like they tell you like, oh, why did you go to Facebook? It's like, you can take so much more risk. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like, risk is something you can afford if you're a local. Like if you're an international, you have to think about visas. Um, and so in practice, I'm, again, I'm not proud of this, but I only interviewed at a couple of companies, like Google and Facebook, because they sort of helped, um, they helped with visas from day one. And when I was applying to Facebook, like I genuinely thought that data science meant going and building machine learning systems. Because guess what? It's not actually properly defined. Like I just thought, okay, well, you're using data to build systems. That's data science. And in some companies, actually, data science is the function that builds ML systems. So I wasn't completely wrong. I was just wrong for Facebook. And so I come in and, um, you know, at Facebook, there is this, like, this uh, process called the boot camp. Uh, they take you through several weeks of like ramping up to the culture, ramping up to the internal systems, like internal tools. Um, and during those four weeks, towards the end, like, you kind of start choosing, choosing a team. And it's at that point, I was starting to talk to teams and teams would tell me like, oh, what are you, what do you expect it to do? What do you want to do? And I'm like, oh yeah, I want to build systems that use that natural language processing to solve problems. And they're like, well, you're on the wrong job. Like that's software engineering. Data science is not that. <laughs> so I started essentially like talking to multiple teams and trying to figure out, okay, where do I fit in? Uh, and at that point, I met with uh, this person who later became my product manager and mentor, uh, Sanchan. He, he convinced me in the span of 30 minutes that the future of how business will get done online is on Instagram. That all the brands are moving to Instagram. This was back in 2016, by the way. Like Instagram did not have like a business tools, did not have any of that. Like the difference between my profile and Nike's profile were non-existent. Like the system did not, like we did not know who is a business and who is not. And so in the span of 30 minutes, like this person was actually like, able to explain to me the vision of like, hey, how do people use Instagram today? How do brands connect with people on Instagram? There was a huge opportunity in building products in that space and that he was starting a team on it. Um, and they were looking for their first data scientist. And so I was kind of like an opportunity started like started ringing a little bit. So I was excited about that and a couple of more things. 
I talk to my wife Ines because she knows always a lot more than I do. Uh, and Ines simply tells me, well, all the teams that you're thinking about are cool, but Instagram is probably the future of social media. I was like, I don't use Instagram. How is that, how is that the case? <laughs> Basically, she, was, she, she made me realize again that I was too narrowed into the job and like, hey, I should actually zoom out and think about like broader secular trends. And Instagram, it's true that it was picking up. Um, and so I ended up going for that role. I stayed there six years. How much of it was the role and how much of it was Sanchin and the 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 energy and or whatever you picked up from him in that moment? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's hard to say. It's it's hard to say, but I think it definitely played a bigger role. Obviously, like if he wasn't as convincing or as excited about it or as compelling in explaining the vision, I would have probably like gone for something else. Uh, so he definitely had a big role in that. Um, but to be honest, Ben, I think people make too much of a decision to whether you join this or not. I think the more important decision that one should think about is also do you stay or not? And I think in staying, it was very much about the people. In going, that's like, that's a, it could have gone either way type thing. Um, and it's okay to make the wrong mistake, the wrong decision every once in a while. But I think like the, to me, the biggest thing is the people defined my willingness to stay. They defined me staying for six years, which was like by far the single most important part of my career. Um, and I think that like, even, you know, it's, you, you think about it from a talent perspective as in, oh, as a human, where do I go? But you have to also like think about the other side of that coin, which is like, okay, you're an organization and you're hiring people. It's the same bias, the same problem. People focus so much on like, oh, can I get this person? But they don't often think enough about, can I retain this person? And retention is actually far more important than hiring. Because in the end, like if people stay, and they work together and like they enjoy working together. The end result of like that same team that's been working together for three years, their, their own growth as like a team working together just goes up exponentially as well. Um, so Sunshine was very critical in me choosing that team, but he was even more critical in me staying. Sounds like there's a relationship between what you started with there and compound interest and the fact that staying gives you the chance for it to return on your investment. Correct. You know, we had, th we had a, um, in my leadership group at, at Instagram, we, we were the same for three years. Uh, as in three years, I spent them working with the same director of engineering, director of product, director of marketing. We all became directors somewhat together. Like we, like we were, we started all like, we were all ICs in that space and then we became managers and we started working together as manager and then we became directors three like a few years later um we had a saying which was um the first year you don't expect much from a person the second year you expect a little bit starting the third year that you start expecting the results and a lot of our strongest performers were there for four years five years that's heavily understated. That's not properly represented in leveling. That's not properly represented in compensation. See, companies try to systemize 
and for good reasons, right, to systemize compensation, try to systemize, okay, how do I think about level and seniority and so on so that I can attract senior talent from, from elsewhere. But all of that neglects the depth of context. And in the end, you become very, 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 very good at doing something if you do it for a very long time. That's true for individuals and that's true for teams. And so as you think about, um, if you're an organizational leader, like as you think about like structuring teams, it's not just about, oh, okay, I need to hire a senior engineer here and I need to hire like a senior product manager and it's okay to have a more junior designer. That's an okay starting point. But the way you have to think about it is like three years from now, how do I make sure that these people are the same? How do I make sure like these people are the ones building up the context and taking over the torch from us like be and becoming the leaders of that space? Does that make sense? Yeah, you've got to really hold your nerve there. Like, I think people sometimes do something new, not because they necessarily have found something that's pulling them that, that, they, that they have to go and do, but because they, I mean, maybe we use the term like itchy feet in order to compensate for what's actually just kind of cold feet. <laughs> like I'm actually just getting a bit nervous here because I've been doing this for a while and society's telling me that I should be getting up and doing something new here. Yeah, and that's the challenge. And I think, you know, everything is a balance. I ended up leaving too, right? Like, I mean, it's it's good to, to get out of the comfort zone whenever it becomes a comfort zone. Whenever you stop growing, it's like, I think the itchy feel like it's, it's totally fair. Um, the other, like uh, the, the one extreme is like spending 20 years in the same job doing the same thing. And you, let's be honest, you no longer grow you, like if, if you get there. The other extreme is, oh, jumping from company to company in less than a year and never giving yourself a chance to become very good at what you do. Um, and I'm like, you know, I'm not advocating for people not changing every year. I think like people can change as long as they need to find whatever they've like, whatever they, they are excited about and excited to spend time on. But once they do, they need to give themselves a chance. Like if you don't give yourself the chance to become very, very good at what you want to be good at, then you never will. Um, and unfortunately, to be fully transparent, I've seen that. Like I've seen people who, who would like always, like, even at Instagram and Facebook, like there were people who would switch teams every year. And sure, they learn new spaces and new contexts, but they never give themselves the chance to go very deep. And as a result, their career also stagnates. So it is a balance. It is a balance and it's very personal. Some people are much more comfortable with changing much faster. But being able to find the space where you want to get dedicated, when you want to spend like the, like not the rest of your life, but you want to spend enough years and enough time to become very good at it is probably one of the most, the fastest accelerants you can get in your career. At what point did you decide that the the graph wasn't working in your favor anymore and it was time to do something different yeah i think i mentioned this earlier but the you know when i wake up in the morning i, I like i try to get a sense of how excited i am like am i thrilled today like am i excited and, and it's okay to not be excited i mean one day you may have like a lot going on and you just feel overwhelmed and that's fine and if it happens too many days in a row, you start asking yourself, well, why am I not excited? And you start sort of like that debugging process of like, you know, I'm an engineer from background. I start thinking in debugging and like, what's going on? What's the root cause here? Yeah. Um, for me, I think the biggest, 
the biggest reason that pushed me to leave was I felt that I wasn't growing anymore. Uh, I was sort of doing the same things. For example, just to kind of like make this a little more concrete, um, one of my biggest focus areas when I was at Instagram was monetizing stories. How do we build a strategy to figure out how do we monetize stories in the best possible way? How do we make it valuable for businesses? How do we make people enjoy their ads experiences, for example, on stories? Um, and that took us years. Um, and by the time it ended, well, we started thinking about reels. <laughs> and so you can see sort of like, okay, we start seeing these patterns of like, okay, well, I'm like, I'm sort of solving the same problem. Now I have these senior people who at the time of stories were reasonably junior and now they're leading the way. But in reality, it wasn't as challenging for me. Uh, it was, it felt more repetitive. Which goes back to the point is because my context was so deep, because I spent so much time in the same place, for the company I was very, very valuable. Uh, because I, like, I've been there for long enough to have seen it and done it, if you will. Um, but if, at that point you have to ask yourself, well, am I ready to settle? And for better or worse, I decided that you know, I wasn't ready to settle. Now the jury is out whether that was the right decision. <laughs> but I was like, oh, well, I'm starting to feel the diminishing return. And it takes time to see it, by the way. You cannot make that judgment within a month. But I started looking back in August 20, 2021. I had a month off because after five years at Facebook, you get a month off. Great benefit, by the way, but everyone quits after that. Uh, it's like, after, during that month, I started thinking, okay, well, what did I do last year? Like, what did I grow in? What did I enjoy? What did I not enjoy? And what I started realizing was, well, this last year, I enjoyed my time as always, but I wasn't growing as fast. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling the Delta anymore. Um, and a year is a long time. If you don't feel any major Delta within a year, like I haven't, like I haven't seen any major growth anywhere in within a year, you start asking yourself, well, is it, did I put myself in the, like, should I change teams? Do I put myself in the wrong conditions or should I switch jobs? Should I do something completely different? And it takes a lot of introspection to do that thinking. Um, and I think I spent two to three weeks just thinking about, well, what do I want to do? Like, what are things that I'm excited about? What, when did I feel most excited in over that past year? What are things when I do like that when I do them, I'm, I'm very th like thrilled and waking up excited in the morning. And that's when I decided to start thinking about, okay, what's my next step and what do I want to do? And I ended up converging towards starting a company. Well, there's a part of me when you when you said you were going when you've you've finished the work of the, on stories and and now it's reels and it's kind of like two pronged in my heart because part of me was like yes Yusuf like you're gonna know how to do this <laughs> like you are the perfect person to do this job like you could not get a better person in the world to figure out what to do in that scenario you in some ways have been through the fire where you've never done it for the first time you've tested yourself you and 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 you've gone through the heartache and the challenge of that growth when you're doing something for the first time that you've never done before and there was a part to me that was like this is perfect like you can almost like trade this in and that project will be and that work that you do on reels will be like the best project ever but then it was interesting that you the you went the other way, and I was like, actually no, I I feel like if I do that, I'm just I'm going to be running the playbook that I already understand. 
how do you know when when to to go with either strand there because i'm sure there are times where you might want to double down on your learnings and and use them but other times where you want to optimize for for growth again yeah um a couple of answers to that i think part of it i really care about what i work on i really cared about my team i really care about the people i really care about the space and so I wouldn't have left if I didn't know that they got it. That like the team will be able to carry the torch. And that's sort of like something you get like one of the, you know, one of the most fulfilling feelings that you get as a manager is when someone in your team or multiple people in your team are able to carry the torch and do it better than you do. Now I actually think the person leading that project who used to report to me is far better than I am. Uh, and that I will ever be doing that. Um, and of course, it, that's sort of like, you know, she was also like on the team on stories, but like at the time it was early for her, earlier in her career. Now she, she's able to carry the torch. So, so part of management is also like, when do you step in versus when do you step out? I think there's definitely that part that played a role. Beyond that though, I think what you're asking is, well, when do you explore new things versus when do you exploit existing strengths? Yes. And I think that's actually a very, very good question. It's very personal. To be honest, like it, it, there's no right answer. Like you could stay in a comfort zone for a while and decide to earn a bit more because guess what? Because you became so much more valuable for the company, the company is willing to pay you a lot more. As an example, like that's like a way to exploit an existing strength. Or you can decide, oh, whoa, 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 I'm willing to take a little more risk and go and explore other, other, other lands, if you will. Like it's almost like island hopping, right? Like you're you're on this boat, like you're going to this island. And it's great. And you can decide, oh, I can stick around and I establish camp or I can just go try to search for the next one. So it is very personal because it's related to risk appetite. Like, how are you feeling at that point in time? What constraints do you have? And what are you, what will you be? This is how I thought about it. Like in, I don't know, like a few decades when I'm on my deathbed, like what would I be excited about? Like if I stay here for the rest of my life, am I going to be proud of, my, of the path that I, that I took? And the answer to me at that point was probably not. It was too early to settle. Um, there is a world, Ben, where if I had kids, uh, if I was 40, uh, it would have been a great job to settle in uh, because I loved, I loved the people. I loved the problems. I loved the work. But because at the time I was 29, I was like, well... This is great. I love it. And I can always come back to it. <laughs> I think they would have me back if, if, I, if I decide to go back. Um, but maybe I have space to explore a bit more and potentially find other avenues where I would be just as excited, if not more excited. Um, so it is very personal. Unfortunately, there is no like, right answer. And I think it, it all goes back to like risk appetite and how much risk are you willing to take at that point in time? Yeah. Um, I want to search for that answer in that moment. I'm trying to look for, okay, like how is he figuring this out and what is the way that you're going about it? But in practice, if you were to, I guess, look at the circumstance objectively, everything going on in your context is going to change the inputs of your decision-making there and what might be the right decision for you in that moment with your context might be the completely wrong decision for someone else in their context even if you're doing the same jobs you have the same cv at the same point in time 
It's more, and in that sense, it's more of a personal decision than a CV decision. It's more of like, you know, it's like investments. Like you, you decide how much risk you take. Like, like just a funny story, but like I know a lot of people who went very deep in crypto. <laughs> I never felt comfortable with it. Like I go a little bit, but it's like, it's so much risk. And I was never comfortable with that much risk with my financials. Uh, some people are, and it doesn't mean that they're right or wrong. And maybe long term they'll be right, and maybe long term they'll be. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. But the question is like, well, how do you sleep at night? What are like, what's your risk tolerance? Uh, different people have different risk tolerances. Like, I mean, that's why people climb some skyscrapers, scrapers, right, or like climb mountains. Others will never take any. Like, we're, we'll will not take a plane because they're too worried. And we shouldn't be in a place of judgment. We shouldn't be saying this is right or this is wrong. It's just people have personal decisions depending on their like on their depending on their circumstances and risk tolerance, independently of how the work is going. If that makes sense. Mm. What drew you to starting a company rather than finding another job? So a really good question. Um, at that. At that junction, when I decided that I was ready for something different, it was a very legitimate question of like, hey, well, learned how to do this here. Maybe there's value in switching jobs, finding another company. Um, or maybe like, and even then, like, obviously, like there's actually a spectrum. You can go to another public company like Google or, or Shopify or one of those bigger companies. Or I could go to a startup or I could try completely something like just starting something myself. Um, I quickly ruled out the first, like going after another big company because it felt too similar. The reason why I was leaving is not because I wasn't happy. The reason why I was leaving was not because I didn't believe in the people or products that I work on. The reason why I was leaving was because I was looking for growth and something to do something completely different. Um, and challenging myself a bit more. I knew that I was, I became good at data science in product. I became good at that because I spent six years on it. So if I, if I had gone to Shopify or, or, or Google, like I, I kind of, sure, maybe there are like some learnings and cultural differences and whatnot, but in reality, like it's very likely that the core skill set is actually quite similar. Um, so I ruled that out because it didn't meet my goals. Um, and so it became very much about, okay, do I join something earlier, uh, where the job is likely very different? Uh, or do I start something new? Um, and there was no right answer there, neither. Like, it, I started looking into what problems I was excited about. What are the secular trends in the industry that I am, am like, I, and for better or worse, I continue to be very excited about what I work on. Uh, and my company now works on the very similar, not similar problems, but very kind of like, like helping people, helping small brands, finding consumers is what I've always been excited about. Now, the way we're doing it is fundamentally very different from how I used to do it at Instagram. But I really deeply care about like leveling out the playing field. And I knew that. I knew that I cared about economic outcomes. I knew that I cared about empowering people to become entrepreneurs and having everyone like build, focus on what they do best and make a living out of it. That I knew. I didn't want to change that. Um, so at starting that point, it was it was very much dependent on the situation. Hey, what are the good companies doing this today? Do I feel like joining one of them? Uh, or what are problems that I'm excited about solving that aren't solved yet? So it was an intellectually, you have to be intellectually honest. Uh, and it was an intellectually like challenging task of like starting from the problem that I was looking to solve 
and looking at all the ways you could solve it. Um, can join a company? And there are like, I had a list of like the companies that are doing some, something related to it versus like, oh, maybe there is a gap and like there's no company doing it. Uh, and I ended up landing on the ladder. Um, basically the, the place where I decided to focus because that's where I saw the biggest need was not being addressed or at least not properly. There were definitely companies around, but it was not, I know it was not addressed properly. And so I started talking to two of my best friends. Uh, one of them, I've known him for 10 years and the other person was my roommate at Stanford. Uh, and turns out like the three of us were thinking about our next step. And so we started thinking about the problem that we were excited about. We kind of like started tailoring the product. Um, and about three months ago, we started a company. What moment in your history did you, uh, do you point back to now where you realized you wanted to help level up the playing field for smaller businesses? Because I don't, I'd put my money that you didn't come out the womb thinking that. No, I did not. Uh, it was very much those first years at Instagram um, where, you know, you're a kid. I was a kid. Like I, w I would, I was doing what I thought was a good job. Like I just like, you know, they tell me, oh, you do, we should do this. And I just go do, go do my best. And at some point something clicked, like we had a lot of research sessions where we bring all of these small businesses and they tell us about their stories, their livelihoods, like, hey, how, what we built really helped them survive. Like how, what we built really helped them, you know, a lot of them were, and this is something I, maybe because I'm a millennial, but I'm excited about, like someone tell me, tells me, oh yeah, I quit my job because my side hustle that's on Instagram started working. And this is what I wanted to do my entire life, but I wasn't able to do it until now. And thank you for building those tools. And so over, you know, the over the course of maybe two to three years there, like I really developed this deep passion for that space because I saw the impact. Uh, and to me, the impact was very, um, it was very real and very felt. I think that's definitely like the place when it clicked. Now there was also, deeper probably like, reasons why it clicked particularly with me. Um, I've always cared a lot about fairness. I'm a middle child and like, I think this is a theme you probably see in all middle, <laughs> middle children. Like they care a lot about fairness. <laughs> I do. I care a lot about fairness. And so I think- It's an amazing observation though. I don't know how many middle children rec will re would accept that in themselves and then use it for good. Yeah, I think, you know, I, like, it's, it's something you start seeing, like it always like the patterns that you start seeing over the years and middle children typically care a lot about fairness. I didn't realize that before, but now in hindsight, it, became, it becomes somewhat obvious. Or, oh, okay. It's because I had that like deep insecurity of like about fairness. And then like, Hey, I, I found myself in a position which transparent is somewhat random. I think randomness plays a big role in, in someone's life. Somewhat randomly, like found myself in this position where like I was helping people, I was helping leveling up the playing field for small businesses. And guess what? I loved it. Uh, and because of that, like I continued like a few more years there and now I'm basically like committing like five or 10 more years to the same mission. What are you optimizing for as you go through this? Are you looking for success oh, joy 
honestly, it's it's something I struggled a lot with. Uh, where I landed on, I'm looking. The the easy answer is like I'm actually looking to help people. Like I want to be in my like when I when I'm in my deathbed. 50, 60, 70 years, I don't know, like maybe less, I don't know, like 50 years from now. I will look back at my life and I will be asking myself, what did I do? I will not care about how big the bank account is. I will not care about my title. I will not care about any of that. Um, but I think I will, what I will deeply, deeply care about is like how many people I touched. Uh, and did I, did I, was I a force of good? Um, so I think even... Like now, even when we started the company, like we sat down with my co-founders and we were like, okay, what are we optimizing for? And the answer was, we're optimizing for creating value in the marketplace. We're optimizing for helping people find good products. We're optimizing for helping businesses finding good customers. That's what we're going to do. Uh, and so how much revenue we make, how much money we make in our pockets is all sort of like, like a, a byproduct, uh, if you will. Um, but I think it's the, the answer. The question is like, what brings you joy? Because um, you asked, like, would you optimize for joy? I think we all optimize for joy deep inside. Like, we're all like sort of like, op, like we're all selfish in the end. Like, even when sometimes you give something, like you give money to a person who's in need. Like, to some extent, you're looking for that feeling that like, oh yeah, I gave this person like this much and therefore I feel good about myself. So I'm not, I'm, I'm realistic in the, in the fact that like I, I'm realizing that it's probably somewhat selfish, but in my lifetime, I found most happiness or, and fulfillment was like when I was helping people. Um, and so I think I understood that about myself uh, over the years. And so now I'm positioning myself to actually do that more of that. So that by the time I'm in my deathbed, I'm proud of myself. Mm. And how much of that is, because there's a narrative as a founder where we we have to, by the definition of our work, connect with the mission that we're working towards. And uh, I think not enough founders say, you know what, it's okay to want to optimize for your your own happiness. Like, it's okay for you to to kind of do this thing or because you because you you want to do it not necessarily because you you want that impact how much of how much of that resonates with you uh, look i think it's it's a fair assessment and a fair thing to, a thing to say different people have different internal engines and that's okay uh like i don't think we should be in a position of Say, oh yeah, you should be doing things like because you believe in them or you should be doing things because it makes you happy. Everyone in the end, like we're all trying to figure this out. That's the reality. Like everyone around, like even people who seem the most impressive are just trying to figure this out and they're just trying to figure out, okay, how do I make the most out of my life? Mm. For me, it was more, I think the mission preceded the company. I didn't care necessarily about starting a company. I started a company because of the mission, not the other way around. Um... But it's, I, I totally understand that like, hey, there are people for whom they really want to start a company for whatever reason, like it's, it's personal, it's their choices. And then they found a mission they connect to and, 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 and from there kind of like they work backward, which I think is totally fine. I think for me, it doesn't resonate as much because, and maybe I will be wrong and obviously only time will tell. 
But my belief right now is that I will be happiest in the long run if I succeed at doing this. And so naturally, what comes in first is solving that problem. <laughs> and then like mm. happiness will take care of itself. But again, mm. man, like I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out, so it might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. And these journeys are, are so personal and interlinked with the people and the stories of our past. Um, I guess my f my final question is to do with your 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 experience as a middle child, um, because if it prompted a desire for fairness, and that has gone on to change your working life, are there any other moments from your past? and from your um from your kind of origin story that you think manifest themselves in your daily work <laughs> wow that's a very deep and vulnerable question okay cool uh let's address it head on um yeah i mean i think my my professional and personal life are very much um not just impacted but a lot of them are like a lot a lot of how i behave has its roots in my childhood and even insecurities as a kid. Um, and I think that's like that's probably the case for a lot of people. Like I think it's like uh, these are observations you start making about yourself and like in your late twenties or like in thirties. Um, another interesting example is um, this is something I struggle with until now. Like I, I do not like I don't like to be the center of attention. I hate it. I'm always like I like being second, and and that's actually a re like the truth you can ask about me. Like whenever like oh there is a celebration for me or something, I like I have a tendency to go hide. Uh, it's not it. I just don't like being the center of attention or like people talking about me or it, it, people sort of celebrating something I did. Um, and so I I always found it very very comfortable to be a quiet force behind someone else who can take the credit. I, I personally find it to be a much better comfort zone for me. Uh, and it is challenging now because uh, in our company, I, like, I, I'm the CEO. Um, and honestly, like, it's, not, like, it's not something I necessarily wanted. Um, you can ask my co-founder, like, it's not something I was optimizing for. I never thought of myself as a CEO. I never thought, hey, I should be the CEO of this company. The main reason why that happened was because I, like, it was so deeply rooted, like the mission was so deeply rooted in my past experience and I was most prepared to actually speak to it. Um, but I have to be honest, like it is challenging on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, I don't mind the responsibility. I don't mind like the stress that comes with it, but I do mind in a way, in a, in a very weird way, the credit that comes with it. Um, and so that's another example. I mean, there are probably others, but like, that's another example of like how, you know, childhoods and like you're like anyone, anyone's deep insecurities or like deep kind of like how they grew up impacts sort of how they work and, 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 and both the positives and the, and the negatives of it. Oh, Yusuf, thank you so much for sharing your story and breaking it down with such clarity um, from compound interest to coming second of 
I've loved it. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for having me. And thank you for uh, asking all these questions that actually were quite challenging in a good way. I hope this will be helpful for the audience. Oh, I'm sure it will. Catch you later on. Catch you later. Have a good one. Cheers, Yusuf. Bye. The Best Work Podcast is produced by the team at Cord. I'd love your advice on how we can make sure the Best Work Podcast is having a profound impact on the way we all pursue our best work. Email me at benatcord.co. You can also find a transcript of this conversation, insightful video content and more at cord.co slash insights. Thanks for listening.